Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Kelly. Kelly, how are you today? I'm terrific. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being on the show today. And uh, so let's kind of get right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? The Firm, a workout studio, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, awesome, awesome. And how long have you been in business? 35 years. 35 years. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I kind of like to get everyone's um, background a little bit here. So what made you decide to uh, be a gym owner? Well, 1985, I met my two business partners, Terry and David. We were all working at a health club in downtown Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And my business partner, David, was a creative genius, dancer, choreographer. And he said, Kelly, Terry, we can do this on our own. We can go next level with customer service and branch off from the big club and do aerobics only. Mm -hmm. So in 1986, we opened. And I said, I'll give you guys six months. Then I'm moving to L.A. to go to college. (laughs) And I'm the last girl standing. So go figure. So it wasn't a plan. It wasn't something that I thought I would do in life. And I have not one ounce of regret. That's awesome. So 35 years into it. So before that, like, did like when you were in the health club, did you ever have any aspirations of owning a gym or, or no? I did not, but I was pushed into by need into a management position there. I I was hired to teach Mm -hmm. and uh, it was probably the best education I had. You know, I learned more in that year working for two gym, you know, like hardcore gym guys. Um, And it it just put me in a good position to start a business at 22. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I mean, that on-the-job training, that's something that you can't ever really, um, you know, you can't really pay any amount of money for that, right? Like, there's, you can't learn that in school. Like, you just have to do it. No, you can. And for me, it was a school of hard knocks because we opened so undercapitalized. So it was 10 or 15 years of a lot of ups and downs, but I just wasn't willing to give up on it. I believed in the community and I believed in the energy and the staff has always been just our key. I mean, they're the jewel, you know, they're the the reason that the community keeps coming back. So Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for it. I really am. I never did. I never finished college because I was team firm. Yeah, absolutely. So so you're a, yeah. So you were all in, right? Like jump in. Yeah. I love it. And um, so fast forward to today. Um, what is the size of your office facility? 30,000 square feet. 30,000 square feet. Okay. So you, ha- you have a lot to work with there for sure. We do. We yeah. really do. And I, you know, we were, we started, as I said, 35 years ago with aerobics only, but you roll forward uh, undercapitalized. And in time we, we realized that we needed a, another revenue stream. Mm-hmm. So we added the personal training and then my current business partner and my husband, Neil Miyamoto, left his lucrative career to help me automate, open the personal training side of our business, and then to add membership. So, you know, after 15 years, we finally had predictable income. And that was a yeah. game changer. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so whenever you have like the the EFTs coming in, that's that's one of the big things that you can, when you have it predictable, and then you can kind of add some of the other revenue streams, you know, to pile on top of that for the profit, you know, that seems to be you know, the winning formula, so to speak. Yeah, it was for us as well. So very great. Awesome. Yeah. So um, now I know uh, I was looking at some notes here. So um, so there are two other owners or three? 
There's one, my, oh. my uh, business partner and husband. My original business partner, Terry, is still with us as a supporter, a client, and a dear friend. Mm -hmm. And my other original business partner, David Gray, the creative genius, he passed away about 17 years ago. But you know, oh, he's, okay. he's our angel here every day and we're carrying on his legacy and all of his beautiful talent. Yeah, awesome. So looking at, um, okay, so now, so someone comes into your gym right now what is like, what is like the, the onboarding procedure for them? Does, do they come in just for an open gym membership or do you guys um, get them on another service right away or how does that work out exactly? Very good question. Well, about the time that we launched the PT and membership, uh, we started a five year uh, quest to find uh, property that we could purchase. Mm -hmm. So we do own the property and the whole goal, we moved into this building that I'm in currently about nine and a half years ago. And the goal was that this property would become our retirement and we would leave the firm to carry on as employee owned. And mm -hmm. that still is the goal, even with COVID, it might look a little different. Right. Um, but so at that time, the next game changer on, on our end was we broke out into boutiques. We brought in CrossFit. We were one of the first people to bring CrossFit into a non-box. Mm -hmm. We had a yoga boutique, the PT boutique, a studio boutique, and a cycle boutique. And then we hired directors for each of those boutiques. Mm -hmm. And that leading up, that five years leading up to pre-COVID, we were on a, that, a trajectory that January of 2020 to do our biggest year ever, have our biggest year. So yeah. it was really, there was so much leadership. There was so much great energy. Everybody had a direction. Everybody was you know, on the boat, in the right seat, rowing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. and, and then... COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and so the leadership team that you met, a few of them, and the peanut gallery, I am beyond grateful because within 48 hours, they launched us on Zoom. We, had, we weren't doing virtual before that. Mm -hmm. You know, this place was crazy yeah. and in a good way. And so we launched Zoom just to keep the community together because the firm really is it's based on community. Fitness has been our vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's been about, you know, people coming together and sharing just contagious energy. And that's really what our DNA has been. Right. So by July, we had invested what little cash we had sitting around um, in the Vimeo platform mm -hmm. and really have elevated our, our virtual. And we're right now in the works ready to launch a new firm on demand website and also an app in October. So it's okay. become another arm of our business. And I, I just truly believe that going forward, pandemic or not, it's going to be a part of our footprint. Yeah, for sure. And I think it would be a mistake to not have that as part of your footprint. And just because so many people have, you know, before, before all that, like I got into online um, and remote programming in 2019 and, you know, it started to get, you know, gain a little traction, but I believe, you know, when the pandemic started, you know, it pushed all that forward, like five or 10 years even. Yeah. You know? And some of these people that would have never tried it, you know, decided, you know, they really didn't have an option when your back's against the wall, you know, you don't want to get out of shape. Right. So you try something new and then a lot of them found out that they liked it. I agree with that. And I think something else that has uh, been real clear to me through this last 18 months is that after 35 years of business, it would only make sense that our business would regentrify. And mm -hmm. to your point, the COVID and, and the pandemic and the world you know, economy challenges have propelled that forward. So the new generation that's coming in is young, they're fearless, they're brave, staff and clients coming with different skill sets than I have, or mm -hmm. some of the more tenured, you know, teacher trainers that are still with us. And so I think that older group that didn't come back 
for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that they're, they're going to be a big part of our virtual business. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So it's so much bigger than all of us. And that's, there's a way that everybody can be in community and exercising and staying healthy at their own comfort level. Right, right. So looking at like the, the layout of your business now, um, now, how many how many members did you retain or how many came back after COVID? Let me ask you that question. Well, we're at about a third of our business. Okay. Post COVID. And, but again, you know, virtual has helped in that respect. I will tell you, we were on, a, we were on an uptick in, in July. We had 103 new people in here on three weeks. Okay. Our goal pre-COVID was 100. So we were feeling really good about that in July. Like, you know, we're, we're hopeful for the future. We're all in this together, moving in the same direction. As I've said, we saw a little bit of a dip in August. Typically that happens at, in our business because yeah, of summer yeah. happens and whatnot. But also the Delta variant was a little bit of a driver, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some of that pause. And I'm telling you, we all came in on Monday morning this week and the light bulb switched on. And yeah. it's really been exciting. I had three people in my cycle class yesterday that are 60 plus that hadn't been here since COVID. Really? And five new people that were all in their 20s in class. So it just, yeah, things are, we really feel like we're turning the corner. Yeah, yeah, that's people. awesome. So looking at like the the layout of the business right now, so do classes make up the majority of your clients right now? Or is it kind of split? You know, our the predictability of membership is obviously that that is the largest portion of our business and so we call it do it all so those people that are on that membership ryan can take boxing pilates crossfits included in that mm-hmm. studio classes cycle they can do it all mm-hmm. and then we have another population of people that are just strictly gym people that is a smaller portion but they're steady freddy and what's kind of cool for them about our facility is that when all the rest of us are in our playrooms teaching and everybody's in the class, they have yeah. the whole gym to themselves. And it's a big second floor here. So they're not waiting in line. Yeah. Equipment, you know, and so that's a benefit to them. And personal training was 40% of our business prior to COVID and we're inching our way back. We're probably okay. 25 right now, but we're making our way back. And we do have a high ticket item called mm-hmm. Firm Fit and it's a two month structured program with nutrition. And that's been a mainstay and people do that virtually as well throughout good. this whole time. So that's been good for our revenue stream. Yeah, absolutely. So how many, um, you know, excluding you, um, how many staff do you, do you all have right now? Well, we went from 77 to about 29. Okay. With the lockdown. Wow. And we've been, and, and there's a good portion of them that didn't come back for various reasons and might still come back. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned quickly not to judge anybody or try to change anybody's mind on this, but we've been really fortunate to put together a leadership team as an all new group of people mm-hmm. and they have just been amazing. And this week we hired three new yoga instructors mm-hmm. on a cycle hunt now. So we're building, I think we're at 36 now. 36. Okay. Now, now, as far as, is there a goal in mind for that right now? Or is it just as the business grows again, you know, you'll hire as needed? That's a good question. I, we want to develop the new, uh, you know, generation of talent. So I do know that I want to bring in a few more cycle instructors as well as CrossFit to grow that program. Um, I don't have a set number in mind. I think to your point, as as needed, as the business grows, and we're very hopeful. Yeah, that's going to happen. Now we've had our property has been listed the whole time that. Uh, well, the, the whole duration of the pandemic. And we've walked away from a couple of purchase agreements. It just didn't feel right. And it, 
at the end of the day, I believe the brand and identity can live anywhere. We've lived in seven different places. Mm -hmm. But this property, is, I think, right, staying here now for a whole winter season is going to allow us to move from recovery and to rebuild. And then wow. we say, do we stay the footprint we are, or does it become a reduced footprint in the future? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure about yet. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, because 30,000 square feet, that's a lot to work with. It's a lot, and it's a property in downtown Minneapolis. Thankfully, we've got about 150, 160 parking spots, which is why we selected this area. But it's a behemoth. You know, the overheads and the taxes are ex just crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. So as far like as, as the PT department goes, um, have you saw an uptick in that, like people wanting to do more one-on-one -on -one now, or do you, do you all focus on small group as well? Small group has always been a big part of our business. And then, I, as I said, that two-month high-ticket program, mm -hmm. I thought PT would come back faster than it did. Mm -hmm. Classes came back faster. And part of it for us, Ryan, is I think in Minnesota, people were locked in that for those three months, and it was the dead of winter. We had snow in May. So when we, re when we were allowed to reopen June 10th, the first two weeks, they said you can only do outside. So we called a park and rack, and you know, we're dragging equipment all over the place. And then we finally were able to go back indoors. But then you know, people wanted to be outside because they were locked in the, in the house all winter. Yeah. So yeah. if PT is just starting to make the turn, I would say in the last like 60 days, mm -hmm. and I think we'll see that happen more so into the winter, but yeah. the, the cardio crazies came back, you know, as yeah. quickly as they could. For sure. Now kind of switching avenues here. So you guys have been in business for a while and I'm sure there's been all kinds of different ways that you advertise and get new clients. So what is, what is working right now or what is your current avenue as far as um, advertising to get new people in the door? So from day one, you know, we opened so undercapitalized, we never had an advertising budget. And we have mm -hmm. stayed on that guerrilla marketing uh, mm -hmm. plan, you know, for 35 years. We're mm -hmm. any charity event that we can be involved in, any fundraiser, the Mall of America opens and we're dancing in the rotunda and screaming on microphones. You know, it's just, yeah. we just did everything and anything you could. We signed up the first five people for the Minnesota AIDS walk and the last round there were 20,000 there. So that's always been something that's been big for us. We have been so blessed to have it word of mouth. People come, they fall in love, it's contagious, they tell their friends. Mm -hmm. And so we have a reward program in place for that. And just one quick example, I have a client that brought 12 friends the year before COVID and every month or every for every person that he brought in, he got a month. So basically he worked out here for a year. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that, you know, it's exciting. We did a little campaign on that. What's happened since then that's changed and I can take no credit is that the, our, our leadership team, one of the people that we hired on also was, is a social strategist. Mm -hmm. And that's not my background, obviously. I grew up ship to shore, you know, no cell phones, no computers, yeah. no, I mean, no technology. And so she has really, really pushed forward on the social media platform mm -hmm. and utilizing that you know, in, in the marketing yeah. as well. And it's been huge. And it's because it's also speaking to that younger generation. It is. It is. Yeah. It's very powerful, especially if it's done the right way. Um, you know, we, I've saw people do it the wrong way and the right way. And when you do it the right way, like it's just another avenue to add, you know, cause word of mouth is great, but you know, you always, and for me, I always think about the people like, what about the ones that didn't hear, you know, about the gym, you know, the yeah. ones that didn't hear through the grapevine, like how else can we reach those people? And I think that that's a really um, important way to get them as well. Well, they are doing an amazing job. And I have to tell you, you know, in a span of 35 years, we have many, many stories of three generations of people being here. Yeah. You know, I have a client that was in my cycle class last week. He just turned 85. 
and he's met his daughter and now their family in, in here at the firm working out. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a special thing. So I, the, I still believe in the old ways, the way we started in 1986, mm -hmm. but I know the only way that we can recover, rebuild and grow this business is through the social platform and the virtual platform. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's got to be, you know, word of mouth, usually like that, that builds up a, like a lot of quality, consistent members. Um, and usually the speed isn't as high as you need it to be, you know, for a situation like this, but that, that makes total sense. I mean, when, when the business is rolling, right. And you know, you're bringing in consistent people word of mouth and that's great. But like you said, times like this, you know, when you have to recover, it requires a little bit more speed. And Absolutely. I think you're, it's the right track for sure. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Vodica. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so when someone comes in, for example, you know, to join the gym, like, what do they go through? Like, do they just, do you guys do an assessment, give them a tour? Like, how do, if I wanted to join the gym right now, what would be the, the process? You'd walk in the front door and everybody would be like, what's your name? Who are you? It's a Cheers of Fitness. Ryan! Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely, it, it, it's a conversation and we try to make, reach the person walking through the front door, um, where, you know, meet them where they are. But having the tour is obviously a big part of it. And it's, it's I think, so easy to sell when you just feel and see the energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It just, it's one of those things where people can see, and then they see people hollering back and forth and calling everybody by name. And it's, I think that sells itself in, in the sense that people want to be part of a community. And I think now more than ever. Yeah. So as far as the assessment, uh, assessments and one-on-one -on -one interaction is, is held if people are interested in personal training mm -hmm. or they're interested in the two month firm fit program. If somebody comes to a cycle class, you know, these days people aren't even really calling in anymore. They just show up, yeah. you know, sign up online for their free week and they show up 10 minutes before class. And then I'm giving them the, you know, set your bike up like Johnny G, the South African Uber cyclist that designed cycling. Uh -huh. I was one of his first classes in LA and I still set people up the way he yeah. showed me. So, you know, it, every person's different and each activity is different down here. Mm -hmm. Now, um, do, you, do you feel like when people come in, so do they, do they generally know what they want to do or do you feel like you guys just kind of have to give them the options and let them kind of feel where they fit best? I'm finding that the new generation of, of clients coming in and not necessarily chronological, but the new people coming into the firm, whatever age they may be, I feel that the highest percentage are coming in knowing exactly what they want to try or start, but it doesn't mean that they don't migrate to other areas. Yeah. And that's where we come in to encourage other things to be accessible for, you know, question and answer after. And one of the things that we launched uh, right before COVID, which has been very successful, speaking to the new type of communication is the FitGrid platform. Are you familiar with FitGrid? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I get home after class and I can sit and, and stylized emails to the clients that were in class, whether they've been to my class 50 times or that was their first day. Mm -hmm. And I'm available for questions and answers, you know, here's so then they end up with your email. Or right. testing. So I now more than ever since COVID and we're, you know, smaller staff, smaller clients, there's just been a lot more interaction. Yeah. And that's a good example of it. And, you know, we're just so excited about it. Yeah. And, and people can feel that too. You know, I, I think that there, there's a time in every business. Um, I, I know for me, and I know for sure it had to be for you. There's a time where you get, you know, there's burnout sessions, right? Like you're just kind of like, oh, what am I doing? But when something like this happens, it makes you, you know, realize, you know, just how important your business is and, you know, the amount of people that, that you can help, 
um, you know, that you couldn't help during those 18 months or not, not as many. So it's like a, a breath of fresh air when you can start helping people again. Oh, it is. I feel like it's a rebirth. Yeah. You know, that, that we really are positioned to be at such a higher level of gratitude. And I am so grateful for my job that I'm able to show up here every day with everybody else showing up and be happy and be excited and be filled with joy that mm -hmm. I'm not in an office somewhere or I've been a person that hasn't been able to leave their home this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and I think too, like the people before, you know, I, I think people are a little more serious when they get back into the gym now, because a lot of, a lot of members, you know, take things for granted. Like they're like, they don't understand until a lot of mine anyways, didn't understand how much equipment really costs Yeah. Uh, until they're trying to buy it on their own. Right. And then it's like, Oh, like, and of course prices were inflated, but still, even if they weren't, they're like, this is kind of expensive. And I don't even think I got top of the line brands. You know what I mean? Like I got this at, you know, a sports store and you guys, you know, your quality is, is way higher than that. So I think there's a lot of light bulbs that went off for them as well. I would agree. And, and also the community and, you know, follow the leader kind of thing where you have a day where you're not maybe as motivated to push yourself. And then you get in the room and you follow the leader and you can't help, but just, you know, pick up the pace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and people being in that type of environment where they know you care. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, we always say like, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And I've I not heard that. I love that. Way. Yeah. And if you think about it, that is so true because so you, know, true. you could sit there and rattle off everything, you know, your, your certifications and everything. And they really don't care until they know that they're cared about. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So looking at uh, everything else, so like, so you guys are on a, uh, like you want, you want to grow over this next year. Um, what does growth look like for you? Like in a year from now, where would you like to be at? Oh, that's a good question. I wish I had the leadership team here with me to help me <laughs> answer that. Um, I, I want to see everybody in, in their highest earning capacity, you know, as far as leadership and staff, mm -hmm. I would like to see us be in out of recovery and into the rebuild, which means memberships. I mean, at, le at least double from where we are right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like us to really have expanded our virtual uh, firm on demand platform. Mm -hmm. We have a goal of 1,200 members. Uh, it's a stretch, but we it, it's a stretch goal for sure. Yeah. And I also would like to be in a position next summer to decide about, as I said, the smaller footprint. Mm -hmm. Or is there a smaller footprint here and another smaller footprint out by one of the lake communities? Yeah. So, you know, or we've talked about, do we go out of Minnesota? Mm-hmm in a smaller footprint in addition. So these are some of the things that we're discussing right now. We, it's hard to put a lot of energy into that because we have been pivoting. As you know, we've had to be fluid. We've been reactionary for 18 months. Mm -hmm. I personally am looking for a very steady winter where our income is creeping, our membership is creeping up, you know, all of the, the virtual uh, program is creeping up. So it's just an interesting time that I'm, I can't forecast out exactly what numbers but I hope I answered that in a way that you did, you did. okay yeah yeah that makes sense and yeah I know it, it's kind of hard to with everything going on especially you know it's hard to to actually put a number to that because we don't know you know at the end of the day but um I think that's a good goal you know for sure I mean you, you have a general idea of what you want to do mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and you know everybody stay healthy and happy and just you know joy gratitude and positive energy every day 
Yeah, for sure. So we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. So one question I'd like to ask um, everyone at the end, and this will be a little different for you because things have changed um, since you started. But if you could give advice to yourself when you first started the gym, what would that be? Well, I think it would be to lead by example, mm -hmm. as I tried to do at a very young age. And it, it, I think it's still a big part of the mantra that we, we all need to lead by example. And it takes a lot less energy to be peaceful and loving. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there were just so many challenges in the first 10 to 15 years for me that I, I look back on it and say, I did stay true to myself. I was a little fiery, <laughs> but you know, I, my, my motto is I'm the captain, I'm gonna go down with the ship. Yeah. And here we are 35 years later. So I think staying true to yourself, and I, I really feel that clear vision, you know, mm -hmm. not being pulled away from what that original vision was mm -hmm. of bringing people together, making working out an event, building our community one name at a time. That was part of our original mission statement and it still is, applies today. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. And I'm glad that the ship didn't go down and you didn't go down with it. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I had a lot of fun and I'm sure this will be a great value to our listeners as well. Thank you. And I just wish you so well in your business in Tennessee, your gym and, and to stay healthy. Best um, to your clients and staff. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And if you are a gym owner and you want to be a guest in the podcast, Click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Trisha from Arcaro Boxing in Seattle, Washington. Trisha, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I am excited to have you here. Haven't had a lot of boxing gyms on. I actually had one in Canada about a month ago, but uh, not a lot. So I'm glad we're branching out and we found you. So tell us about Arcaro Boxing and, and what you're doing out there in Seattle. Uh, we're just a small little gym, started eight years ago. Um, Basically, I needed to make a living uh, so that I could be a boxing coach for competitive boxers. So fitness, boxing, recreational boxing, having an open gym setting is the way to go so that I can do my passion, which is competitive boxing. That's, uh, that is definitely with the specialized sports, whether it's mixed martial arts, wrestling, um, even some, some competitive bodybuilding, weightlifting. We hear that a lot. Somebody who, you know, the niche is so small that... Um, you see, all right, I can reach more people and I can do something that's has its own reward, like fitness boxing or, you know, whatever general population. And that kind of funnels in and feeds where your true passion is as a trainer, right? You, you probably still picture yourself more. You'd say you're a trainer first, business owner second. Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed that. Perfect. 
Yeah, it, it's a great thing to know that you don't have to you don't have to sell your soul to feed your passion, right? Because there is a reward in taking people who maybe aren't going to go, they aren't going to go to the Olympics, they're not going to go pro, but boxing is a way that they can burn some energy, burn some calories, have a good time. They may find a love for it and want to be more serious, but you still kind of stay true to what what you love and can put food on the table. Yeah, completely. And um, boxing to me, I mean, I'm very biased, but uh, yeah. boxing is just, uh, I played many sports my whole life. It's the sport where I've had to really be honest with myself looking in the mirror. And I wanna provide that for other people because I think it makes us better humans in society after all. I think that if, if that's what you believe and that's what you're going after, then the, be biased as you want, right? That's, <laughs> you have to have that conviction in order to convince people to, I don't know, run around and get punched in the face a whole bunch. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm definitely passionate about boxing. I've been passionate about the athletics and being physical my whole life, but this seems to be really the place I found my true home. So it's home now. How did it end up that you, you had the opportunity somehow to become a business owner, to supplement that boxing coach income, which unfortunately I think is, is probably underrepresented and uh, probably too small these days, maybe as a boxing fan, I'm biased, but um, how did it come to be? How did the opportunity present itself and, and how has it progressed in the eight or nine years you've been doing it? Well, funny enough, uh, probably about 20 years ago, um, I had played rugby for the U.S. team and retired uh, after I was in the World Cup. And I was looking for someplace to be active. So I found a boxing gym a friend recommended. I uh, just started, I was 31. So starting very late, uh, loved it. The coach asked me if I wanted to compete. I started competing, driving for UPS at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I quit my job at UPS. I, I was in management when I quit and started coaching at that gym. When um, that gym was more money oriented and I kept going and going and going and I wasn't real thrilled with say the direction the gym was going. So I knew two things. One, I wanted to coach the competitive boxer I had and I wanted to be a boxing coach. I knew nothing else, so I quit. And one of my clients hit me up and said, hey man, I wanna help you open up a gym. I was like, seriously? It's like, yeah, yeah, and I never even thought about it. Like, I didn't even think of that as an option. I was just going to go try to find some gym I could work at and see if I could make it work. And uh, so him and another guy uh, pitched in with the capital. I put in the sweat equity, and uh, I started in the park in March in Seattle. Oof. I found a covered basketball court, put my heavy bag over the basketball hoop with a rope, strung it up and showed up every day and just started making the gym be at the park until we found a place 10 months later. And this is our Carol boxing now. That's pretty awesome. So it's kind of an, if you build it, they will come, right? You, you started grassroots bootstrapped it. What have you done to grow? Has it just been word of mouth, just pumping people out, getting a reputation as a trainer? Has it been the fitness thing that's gotten more people in the door? How, how has the growth gone and, and in what kind of stages? Uh, several ways. One is uh, I'm extremely community minded. So a lot of the time at the park, there'd be young kids running around. At the time, it was a little rougher area. It's starting to get pretty gentrified, unfortunately. But uh, um, I would just, any kids that came up, I just work with them. And so people from the street started noticing. 
Um, I had a reputation before that at the other gym of being very community minded. I'd be in the in the mix with people, always, always greeting people. Greetings are important, that kind of stuff in community. So I started getting a reputation for for being a true person, for being a person of the people, wanting to work with people. And uh, so that started and helped um, early on. I didn't know for sure, but I started a blog and I started uh, started it under arcaroboxing.com. And uh, I started that blog and started writing. And so that started getting me some people paying attention to my, my thoughts and the way I, I view the world and how I like to carry myself. Then uh, once I started the gym, uh, I just came here every day, no matter if people showed up for class or not. I put my A-board signs out, two of them. And I just started hitting social media and my blog and uh, starting to get noticed, I started comping a ton of memberships. I probably had 80% free coming in here at first and it would be very small amounts of people, but I just comped a ton of stuff just to, you know, if you see a restaurant that's full, you crane your neck at it. If my, my gym was full, people would crane their neck and it's on a great street, tons of foot traffic right by a college. So that really, really helped. Uh, to have people start looking and seeing what I was doing in here and, and starting to come in. So yeah, location is one of those things that a lot of, a lot of different gym concepts um, overlook. And I know it's not always easy. And I know you said when you started there, the area maybe was, it was a little less expensive probably because it was more, more up and coming, but then investment in real estate, if you can find it, can be a game changer. Now you may have by word of mouth and your blog and all those things grown over time. And it's hard to really, you'll never be able to calculate what the, what it was worth, but you have to know for sure if you were in some industrial park and a back road where nobody ever knew what the heck was going on, they wouldn't have been able to see any of that buzz you were creating, see the people coming in and out. So I know it's not always possible, but it's something that really gets overlooked um, in the micro gym, the smaller gym space where budget is a reality that people have to deal with but if you can scrape it together and you can find something with visibility boy it makes your life a lot better in the long run a ton better because dude you, it's funny you bring up the industrial thing because uh we looked all over i looked in the international district i looked uh um in uh this industrial area and all i could picture is i was like i'm gonna die out here like i'm gonna die if i have to sit out here every day and nobody's walking by i'm gonna die like that's not uh, funny enough, I'm introverted, but uh, if I can have real small, uh, um, very real conversations with people and then we move on, I'm really the happiest. And so I, I wanted a place that, that I could mix in the community, that I could get to know the other business owners and, and feel like I'm part of something. And um, uh, actually a person at a class at the other gym I was at called me up after a class one day and said, hey, I, I hear you're looking for a space. Uh, I belong to, uh, at the time it was Capitol Hill Housing, which is a um, low income and uh, affordable housing uh, nonprofit. And they had this space and I walked down and I literally looked in the window and I go, this is going to be my gym. I just knew it. I just, like a voice said, this is going to be your gym. And it looked impossible. It's two units. It was uh, uh, just a concrete box, two units with a big step in the middle of it completely impossible seeming to have that for a gym because that's a safety hazard and a bunch of other things. And um, I don't know, it, it fell through twice. And then all of a sudden it came back around and we got the lease made and 
and I got in here. It was, it was stressful, but it was perfect. And how long ago was that that you actually got in the doors there? It would be 2013, I think, that we officially uh, made contact with them. And then 2000, uh, see, 2000 and it was 2013 in October that I actually got in, uh, got the build out done and had a soft opening on October 3rd of 2013. That, that's pretty awesome. Just in time for people to box in their Halloween costumes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everything's got its own special uniform and costume. Makes it easy if you're a boxer, right? That's just what yep. you can be every year, right? Yes, right. You get, really to, easy. get to wear some scrapes and bruises and <laughs> a belt if you're lucky, right? Yeah, that's right. So as you've, as you've grown and you've had to, you know, whether the ebbs and flows, the economy has gone up and down, like you, you opened kind of in the throes of what was going to be one of the, the biggest economic downturns. <laughs> that we've seen, you know, and now with what just happened with COVID and all that stuff. So it's not like you had a big, huge established clientele to lose, but it, it didn't make things easy there. So you kind of, you got through that and then things started to come back up. You know, Seattle has a growing population. As you said, your area is getting gentrified, which is a pro and a con, right? It could affect rents, but also it can make it so that more people can come in and afford your service. So how do you how do you play that balance there um, of pricing to keep yourself in business to keep food on the table to pay trainers but being accessible? I feel like you want to be accessible, really to as many people as you can. It's not you know profit is important because it keeps the doors open, but it doesn't seem to be your priority. It's not my priority at all. I don't believe if you ever if you make something external. Uh, like money, uh, your priority, you're going to fail because it's, it's the same thing in the ring. I just think in the terms of the ring. Yeah. I just imagine would this work in the ring, what I'm doing in life, will this work in the ring? If it wouldn't work in the ring, then why am I doing it? That's not going to go good. So I, it's funny. I kind of have my own subsidized, kind of subsidized membership. So I put a, uh, the pricing out there and then if people are struggling, then I have a sponsored boxer rate. Or I have uh, um, like half of that sponsored boxer rate or they don't pay at all. And then they just do something around the gym to help out. And nobody knows who's paying or not paying. And I think that's really important that if you can pay, pay. And if you can't, yeah, why should that keep you from coming in the doors and working on yourself? So I've had a lot of success at that. Um, and then also just uh, facing my own insecurities about money, my own belief systems about money, how much I had to, uh, I just face myself every day. And then that makes room to grow in the gym somehow. I don't know, I don't know exactly how that works, but I just know if you put your time and energy into working on yourself, it translates to money somehow. I mean, it seems to have been working for the last eight years or so for you. And uh, you know, for our listeners out there, for a, a national perspective, well, international, but for US dollars, uh, your prices, it's not like you're giving it away, right? I looked at your website, you're, you know, 160 for your biggest unlimited package. And then if somebody doesn't want to do specialty uh, classes, you're 145. So you're not 50, $60 a month at, at your advertised rate. No. Right? So I know that's maybe a little low for Seattle because the, the scale is a little different there, 
Um, for people who aren't familiar, Seattle cost of living is a little high. Oh, it's um, insane. It's insane. But the trade-off is you get to live in a beautiful place with a lot of super cool people. So, um, but it's not, you know, just for frame of reference, you're not doing $99 a month or $49 a month. You know what the actual value is of the service. It's really a matter for you of how you get it versus whatever your sliding scale is. That's right. And, and I mean, I think it's a reasonable rate. Um, I, I did look at other gyms, not just uh, my own boxing gym demographic, but I looked at yoga studios. I looked at CrossFit and I just looked at their pricing points. And I, and I thought, well, what do I offer compared to them? And where can I put my pricing at? And I've only raised my prices, uh, I think once, maybe twice maybe twice in eight years. Like I really try to keep it pretty uh, standard and where I charge what I think is higher than the standard rate is in my private sessions, because I believe that if you hire one of my coaches or myself for a private session, you are going to be blown away at the kind of quality work you get. So you're going to pay for it. And are those for the most part, strictly non-negotiable set pricing? I, I do some pro bono. I do some uh -huh. pro bono. Uh, okay. and, uh, I do for people who are community leaders. So I, I feel incredibly invested in community leaders because they should not, uh, break down their bodies, break down their emotional status to, to serve community. They should be supported so that they can go out and be more healthy, uh, have less issues. So to community leaders, I, I give a break on privates. Can you give me an example of what you consider a community leader? Just so the audience can... Yeah, people, like people who do mutual aid. So people who run mutual aid, uh, people who work in the arts uh, um, industry for uh, providing like, uh, it's called CD Forum for Arts and Entertainment. They do uh, support of black artists. Uh, so the lady that is the director there, uh, she trains with me twice a week. I make it affordable so she can train with me twice a week. Uh, anybody that uh, wants to uh, serve folks uh, in any capacity. And uh, there's a, a very popular restaurant called Communion, uh, Chef Christy Brown. I train her because she uh, does a ton of free meals or pay what you can meals. And I just, uh, being a, a chef is a very hard, physically demanding job. So I'm going to make sure I support her so that she can stay healthy and do what she's doing because exponentially, I help her exponentially. It helps hundreds of people. And so I just think like that, okay, if I help this one person, I'm helping maybe 50 other people. That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm good at this part. Absolutely. So you're leveraging, you're finding the most leverage points that you can to have the biggest impact in the community. Yeah. See, you're thinking like you're in the ring. <laughs> exactly. Right. You got, they'll, they'll get the leverage, right? Yep. Exactly. So, so your real drive, what gets you up out of bed in the morning is I mean, I don't know. Seattle's a super walkable town in some areas. Do you live in the neighborhood where your gym is? Uh, luckily, because of COVID, I do. Prior to that, even as a small business owner, I could not afford the rent. Um, yeah. But COVID hit, and I moved five blocks from the gym, and my quality of life soared. It is unbelievable. I, I could almost feel and picture you being the person who, you, what gets you out of bed is that walk to the gym and just looking around the community and feeling like, I can change this a little bit today. It's true because uh, we've got low barrier housing near us and the characters that live there are unreal. And when I think about uh, 
when I think about our society and I think about how I fit into it, I look at that, that uh, I don't think that we're a successful society because you can have two jets or five houses because on the other end are the dudes I see at this low barrier housing. That's possible. The fact that that's possible, that's what drives me. I don't want that to be possible. So I interact with my, my community. I, I know all my street people. I know the people in the low barrier housing. I make sure I know people. I greet them, treat them like human beings. They, there's a bunch of sketchy looking dudes wearing my Arcaro gear around town because I can't stand their filthy clothes and I want them to wear cleaner clothes and feel better. So yeah, that's exactly what I do. I walk, I live in my community. I love it. That's, that's amazing. As, as somebody who, you know, I don't want to make this about me, but as somebody who has lived in low income housing when I was younger and knows, I know those characters, I know those people um, and, and haven't lost touch with that. I can relate so strongly. And I think that it's great that you see your business and the success of your business is measured by how much you can do and not how much you can have. That's, and, that's the truth, man. And that's, you know, an honorable thing to walk around with for sure. Yeah, and right. I don't judge anybody who, you know, we talk to a lot of gym owners who make a lot of profit and, and know those numbers, but almost universally, I hear the same in some way, shape or form, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to coach kids for free. I want to be able to do these things. And, and we all, it's like fitness has this weird draw of, we just want to give away as much as we can. But, you know, especially at the small level, the, the big corporate gyms, that's a different entity and, and, you know, investors and all that stuff. But it, it's so cool to hear how everybody, how everybody does it. Um, yeah, we want people to be healthy. I mean, look at the state we're in. The fact that my gym got shut down was mind blowing to me because it's like I'm I'm providing solace. I'm providing fitness. I'm providing uh, inflammation reduction. I'm providing all the things to to be able to fight a virus or to fight uh, depression or whatever it may be that we all deal with. And so, yeah, I I think a lot of gym owners. I don't think I'm unusual. I just just part of the crew yeah a, an important part of the crew of the fraternity the sorority the, the 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 family that we all have um as gym owners as people who are in this industry so unfortunately we're running low on time and, <laughs> but before i let you go um i really i always like to try to find if there's something that you could tell people to maybe tell your younger self who was thinking about getting into the business or tell somebody listening like if there's one big lesson or piece of advice and it, it could be business related, it could be life related at this point because they're so intertwined with you. What would, what would you say that would be? Uh, am I allowed to say a one swear word? You can say whatever you want. There's okay. no kid listening to this. <laughs> I would tell myself, don't bullshit yourself. Uh, hold yourself accountable. Uh, don't, don't participate in fuckery. Get shit done. And I, I believe that that's it because I believe I wasted a good, I don't know, 35 years in my life in a victim mentality and once i woke up from that and held myself accountable unbelievable things happened and uh, it made me more empathetic for others uh, that are struggling with that victim mentality and it made me certain that i want to make sure i make a difference because my life has exponentially increased uh, i have it, for whatever freedom we're allowed to have as humans uh, i really feel the most free i've ever felt in my life and uh, and it took me to my mid 40s to start feeling that way. And at 50, 
I, I see nothing but beautifulness uh, ahead of me and, um, and getting to be a coach and, and making a difference. So just don't bullshit yourself. Quit making excuses um, and really find the people around you that are going to help you get moving. If you don't already have it, you might need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> don't bullshit yourself on the back. Don't participate in fuckery. Yeah. Those, those are good life lessons, right? They there. are very good le life lessons. I just, I just look at myself and I go, oh my God, I was going to choose fuckery over getting shit done. What? That's dumb. Let's get shit done. Exactly. Exactly. Well, with that, we are going to have to come to a close here. If people want to find you, I know they can go to arcaroboxing.com. We're going to have the, the name, the link will be in the show notes. Anywhere else that they can find you online, if they want to reach out to you as a business owner, talk to you about community, or maybe maybe check you out if they're in Seattle. I think if they hit up the website, um, all my information is on their Instagram, email, all that stuff. It's one central location. They can figure that out from there. Call me on my phone. Um, I'm pretty accessible. I don't answer it much because I'm usually working, but I always get back to people. You got a blog on there. There's a lot of stuff. I'm sure that the, the things that, that come out of you on there are probably nothing but realness <laughs> uh, and, and looking yourself in the mirror. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great having you. I hope to talk to you again sometime in the future. I hope uh, so you, too. You're, you're an enjoyable dude and I appreciate your realness. Thank you so much. And, and to everybody out there listening, thank you too. We appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. If you want to hear more people like Trisha, send them our way and hit the subscribe button. Get notified of new, new messages. If you want to be on the show, everybody's got a story to tell. We want to share as many of your stories out there as we can. Click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone on the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Neela. Neela, how's it going today? Uh, pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being on the podcast today. No worries. My pleasure. So post-day Thanksgiving, you're not out um, Black Friday shopping, or maybe you already have. No, I am not. Okay. I'm not a big shopper. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. So yeah, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. So first off, what is the name of the facility and mm -hmm. uh, what is your role there? All right, so I run operations for a center in Honolulu, Hawaii, and it's called the Still and Moving Center. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And um, how long have you been there? I've been there four years now, but the center uh, was founded 11 years ago by Renee Tillotson. Okay. All right. Got it. So it's, it's a little unique, right? Like it's in, it's in Honolulu. You're in North Carolina. So kind of walk through that. Like how does, how does that work out? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the silver linings of the pandemic, you may call it. So yeah. of course I was four years ago when I joined Soul Moving Center. I was in person there in Honolulu. I lived there for three years. Um, and, uh, but with the pandemic, of course, in March, 2020, we transferred everything online, right? Just like most businesses in this industry, we just moved everything online. We were completely shut down. Hawaii was one of the, the most restrictive states and it still is, remains one of the most restrictive in terms of COVID policy. So we, you know, went hundred percent online back then. Um, and, um, I eventually moved to North Carolina. I was caring for somebody in my family who was ill, and I just continued working online, even though we have started reopening and we do have, you know, I would say about 15% of our business has gone back in person. Um, but I continue to run everything from here in North Carolina, which has been a blessing. You know, yeah. one of the silver linings, like I said, of, uh, of this whole situation. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good point too. And I think if anything, it's, you know, it, it forced us to adapt, right? Like yes. if, if we still want to be in this industry, you have to adapt. You can't, the old way doesn't work um, anymore yeah. as far as that goes. Well, what's really interesting is, you know, um, some businesses, you know, they, they made the move online and now they're kind of completely back in person again. And I have to say about conservatively 80% of our business is still online which is incredible. And we just have, we have students now and teachers all over the world. So not everybody is based like, you know, in Hawaii, just like myself. We have teachers in Italy, in Japan, you know, uh, on the mainland. So really kind of all spread out as well as students everywhere. And they don't want to stop taking class with us. So we continue to offer all of our, our, our classes online for them. And we continue to support them that way. I think um, something about our demographic pulls that way too. We have an older demographic. And I think for a lot of people that are in that group, they have just really latched onto the convenience of it. And they, and there's, um, there's a funny aspect about online, right? When you're, when you're um, in a class on Zoom, the teacher is looking right at you, right? Yeah. So they feel, we get this feedback. Like I felt like I was taking a private class with my teacher and I felt like they saw me and I could look right in their eyes and follow along. There was some beautiful element there that, mm -hmm. um, again, was one of those little silver linings, one of those funny little perks of, you know, love it or hate it, the online class, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's interesting. So, and the, the reason I say that is because, you know, there, you know, over time, there's been a big pushback on the, the online classes. Like a lot of people don't like it, but mm -hmm. I think with, you know, you, you kind of talked a little bit beforehand, like about your, like the way you guys go about things, like your business model, um, yes. the kind of people you attract. So, <laughs> so kind of um, walk me through that. Like what's your demographic and yeah. why do you think these people, um, you know, connect more to the online than, than other people would? Yeah. So our, our center lives under the umbrella of what we call mindful movement. Now, mindfulness is something that, of course, is like a, it's a trendy word. It's a word that's out there more and more and more. And really, you know, when you look at the world of like high performance and elite sport, we're starting, starting to see it too. We're seeing, you know, mental health being an integral part of that 
training. Um, but then at the leisure level, at our level, we really look at practices that are mindful in the sense that they are safe, they're taught safely, they're taught by experienced teachers, they're taught with like, you know, the class would have an arc and an intention and a focus, you know, a warm up and a cool down and a, you know, you know what I mean? So that whole yeah, yeah. Um, package around the class is really taught so that not only is the person getting a physical workout, but they're also mentally connecting to the class in a way that's constructive and positive. Um, that they walk out feeling better from their class than when they started, you know, yeah. that's the whole idea. So that it's not a mindless task. It's not just, you know, I'm going to follow the teacher and do whatever they do, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but really considering and thinking about what they're doing, assessing, constantly being aware of their body. So that's really our kind of mission. It's our mandate. All of our classes are taught in that method. Um, and so when we decided to go online, while well, we were, you know, putting well, you know, forced to go online, um, we had a choice, right? So all of a sudden, at that moment in March 2020, all of these studios were suddenly throwing all of their content online for free, discounted, yeah. um, pre-recorded, just like videos and videos and videos and videos. And people were like assaulted by this. Not only did it devalue, you know, their content, here was this valuable content that teachers had been training for you know, years and decades to produce and it was just being offered, you know, freely on the, mm -hmm. on the web. And, and I understand like the, the intention behind everybody was thinking, I need to help my, my community. I need to help these people that are stuck in their houses, you know? Um, and we made a really conscious decision to not do that. <laughs> we literally just transferred everything online, kept the same pricing structure and made sure that everything was done live and interactive. So we capped our classes at 25 students maximum. We made sure that the teacher was always live, uh, you know, joining the class 10 minutes before the start time, leaving five minutes after, offering, you know, opportunities to ask questions, to give feedback, to assess, you know, posture, to do all of those things that they would normally do in a in-person environment. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is that it was, it was really filling that mental health need Yes. that our community needed. So yes, they wanted to move, but what they really wanted to do was connect. Yeah. Right? They wanted to, to connect to another human being because yes. they were stuck in their house alone. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it kind of, it really followed through from our, our mandate of mindfulness was right there in how we approach the online business as well. And we mm -hmm. continue to offer everything live and interactive. We have not gone to video on demand. We have not gone to any of that, we, we don't have the resource. I mean, if you have the resource to do it, it's great to create these polished, beautiful videos and put out a library. We, we prefer to take those resources, that money, that time, and put it into really good customer support. Yes. So we would rather interact with our clients, you know, both in the class and outside the class and make sure that our staff are always there for them. We always have staff, um, you know, on shift during the classes so that people can Hey, I'm having tech trouble or can you refer me to another class or what's happening with my membership or you know there's always basically our front desk staff have become online staff yeah right yeah and now they're kind of hybrid staff because we're we're in yeah. that that place right now where we're sort of reopening too so yeah. it's been a really cool journey to see that we could translate that what really appeals to our clientele and and bring that into the online platform you know Mm -hmm. uh, it's been beautiful to watch actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's great. And I, and I love the mindset around that too. 
Um, and, and you're right. Like it really became, um, like you said, people like the industry just got really littered with all of this mm -hmm. free stuff, all the free mm -hmm. content. And like you said, I think it came from a place like where we want to help people. We want to help our people, but at the same time, awesome. it came from like, you know, a panic, you know, almost like it wasn't really uh -huh. through. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, yeah, the people want connection. Like you said, um, they want the human being, you know, accountability. We know that accountability is the biggest part of, mm -hmm. of any program. So yeah, like when you have someone, you know, when they, if someone was, they were always coming in person and then you decide to make this online library, like it's cool for the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. And then what they start seeing is, well, you know, Beachbody, P90X, these other studios, they have better videos. Yes. They probably, honestly, have better workouts. Yeah, maybe. So why, why am I paying this mm -hmm. when I get this? You know? Yeah, the, the cost involved, right, in creating those beautiful, beautiful videos. I mean, they're, we just don't have those resources, right? And then you're on lockdown, too. So how are you producing them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody was in their house. But we were teaching from our houses, you know, literally for everybody, every teacher's, but, you know, living room I've seen now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and, and that's such a good point, too, because it's like, um, you know, all the money that, you know, people put into the content, like the only way for that to really, you know, be beneficial and, you know, profitable is if it's at a massive scale. Yes. And right. we know that that is not, that doesn't get the personal touch that you guys want. No. And, you know, we were mindful, like, of course, like you said, that intention was so correct. We want to help our community. So how can we best serve them? And so we felt that being able to, like I said, offer this live interactive content was really important. And then in terms of pricing, like I said, we made, we just kind of transferred our whole pricing structure over. It didn't change. Like whether you were in 2019, you're taking a class in person at X amount of dollars, you were paying the same to take the online version in 2020, right? We, we had five days to transfer everything online. We just moved yeah. everything over, trained everybody up. We didn't stop to like reconsider our pricing. The only thing we kind of made a concession on was we decided to add two pricing options. So whatever our drop-in rate was, we you know um, we said okay, we'll also offer this as a tight budget, so you could put in a code, you know, promotional code, and get a little bit of a discount off of that if you were really struggling, mm -hmm. or you could pay it forward and pay slightly higher than the drop-in rate to help your students and um, your fellow students, right? Yeah. And it was on an honor basis. We never asked, we never, you know, questioned or asked for proof or anything like that. We said, you have the option when you sign up to pay the value of the class, slightly lower if you're struggling or slightly higher if you feel you can help out your fellow students. And the, the you know, you would have thought, oh, everybody's gonna go for the cheap option, right? Not at all. No. Not at all. People are really, very conscious of their community. They're in the class and then this interactive element comes into play because they're in the class seeing their fellow students. They know who's in class with them. And so they, you know, they felt, you know, really um, empowered to make that choice, right? Yes. I'm yeah. struggling this week. I really can't do it, but I, I want to take my class. I want to see my teacher. I want to see my classmates. I'm going to choose the the cheaper option this week but then i'll have you know students that were paying forward to help their their friends it right. was really and it's all anonymous right like nobody we're gonna see it on the back end but you know amongst themselves they don't see that it doesn't, it doesn't get attached to your name or anything yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but, 
but it was it was again and, and we still have those options today you know even in, you know 20 months mm -hmm. later or whatever um and people still sometimes choose one or the other and um you know i had a student um because we offer you know full workshops and trainings and things as well not just classes and uh, yeah. and one of the students said you know what i really think this training is very important it's a trauma sensitive yoga training um i would like for somebody who is struggling to get a scholarship i'm going to pay for a whole training just put it you know, as you know, as a little scholarship for whoever needs it, mm -hmm. you know, and those kind of actions, you can see the community building element of what we're doing yes. in that, yeah. you know, yeah. I love and that. I really saw the value. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm curious now, like, what's, um, what do you guys do to get new people into, um, into the classes? And is this something like, are you pushing for online? Are you pushing for in person? What's that look like? Yeah, oh, interesting question. So, <laughs> um, like everybody else, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to get more bodies into the classes, right? We just want more and more and more people to join. We would like more members. Of course, that's constantly what we push for. We last year decided to revamp our website. We're working with a, a web designer to increase our SEO. So we're, re you know, writing a lot. Of, we've got a lot of content on our website. It's pretty dense. Yeah. But we're crafting it to really be very, you know, performing that we wanted to perform all on Google searches, et cetera. So that's like kind of a more logistical side of it. Um, we also hired um, one of our staff members, his specialty, like of course he handles the desk and does you know general administrative support, but his specialty is really that kind of membership uh, nurturing, really that personal touch yeah, yeah, that I yeah, talked yeah. about. So he will you know do a lot of crafting of communications as well as um, direct phone calls with our members you know, members that are kind of saying, oh, I don't know if I can afford this anymore, or I'm not too sure about this class, or this isn't working with my schedule. And he'll go in and really try to support, like, well, this is another option, and this is another option, this is how it can help you. And so mm -hmm. he's really doing that massaging that we call of like the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the memberships yeah. that are kind of like on the edge. For sure. Right. Um, like I said, Hawaii has been very restrictive. We only just found out that December 1st will be when we can lift the capacity on indoor classes. So up until like, or currently, like up until December 1st, we were limited to 10 people in a classroom. Oh, right? wow. So that's nine students, right? Yeah, right, right. So imagine like our in-person, even if we wanted to develop it, we were very, very restricted. We still are, right? So until yeah. December 1st, we're limited to nine people in a classroom. We happen to have two studios that are large enough to you know, accommodate like that kind of grouping with distancing because we still have full distancing and masking um, and COVID vaccine mandatory, right? So it, okay. like I said, Hawaii is like, because of all of those restrictions, which, you know, you can agree with or not, um, it just means that not only does it limit us in terms of, you know, who we can have in the class, it also kind of dissuades people in a way. So, you know, even students that you know, would want to attend in person are thinking, well, you know, I'm going to wait till we don't have to wear a mask anymore, or I'm going to wait until there could be more than nine people, or I'm going to, you know, so there is a hesitation still. Yes. So we haven't made the huge push to like get everybody back in, in person, right? We're right. letting right. them come in when they feel comfortable coming in. And that's as much for the students as the teachers, because we have teachers also hesitant, you know, well, I don't want to have 40 people in my class right now. Right. I would not feel comfortable, right? <laughs> Even yeah. though we have a massive, like our, our largest studio is 1,600 square feet. It's, it's a uh -huh. big, big, we, we used to have 150 people in there. Right. And now we've got nine, 
you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I get that. A, I get that. you know, with lots of air and fans and windows, the whole thing still, there's hesitation. And and I don't, you know, we, we, we let that, we didn't want to push that. Let's just say we're, we're letting things happen organically with that. So, mm -hmm. so the online, you know, like I said, working on our SEO, trying to improve just kind of more people coming through to the website. Mm -hmm. You know, when we went online, we saw a huge uptick in attendance, actually, because Hawaii being the transient place where people usually only go for vacation, yeah. um, all of a sudden, those students that used to only come to us on vacation were suddenly um, able to access our classes year round. And so they all suddenly became like more regular students, not these transient yeah. students that came through once a year. They were now, some of them became members. <laughs> Yeah. And pay monthly memberships now, and they're not even in Hawaii, right? Yeah. So yeah. that that's such a good point too. And it's you know being being how it's so restrictive over there, it's kind of weird because, like you said, even on December first, it's going to be it's going to be a little odd to kind of push things in person. Yeah. Um, but you don't want it. You don't want people like and like you said, regardless of what people think, like whatever your opinion is, if you push too hard, it could look like you don't care. Right, exactly. like oh, oh they yeah. money. They just want to fill this up. Yep. You know, so it's cool that you guys have have the other option, and and you know, you kind of talked about earlier. It does give the option for hybrid. So yeah. that's it. So all of our in person is actually hybrid. So you know, I yeah. should be clear yeah. about that. And 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 what it allows was interesting. So our longest running ones. So we have one teacher who was very comfortable right from the start. He he teaches a, a range of different classes and. He was like, I'm, I could teach hybrid. I'll start. I'll be the first one, right? So he's been kind of the longest one. And what we noticed is that, you know, if he started out with, let's say he had 15 students and 14 of them were online and one of them was in person, right? Now there's like 10 in person or nine in person, which is our maximum and, you know, <laughs> five yeah. that are online, right? They, they've kind of migrated because I think they, they're in class and they're, you know, they're online and they're watching their friends in the studio with the teacher and they're like, Oh, that looks that looks so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And it looks safe. I can they can see in the studio. They can see the space. They see the mask. They they go okay. It's not so bad. I can I can do that. If she can do that, I can do that too. You know. And yeah. so they're starting to migrate over. So it's kind of an advertisement when you do the hybrid it for is, what it, it allows them to see what 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 will you experience when you come in person and they. You know, there, there. It gives them that comfort without having to just, you know, step into the class the first time and and then feel uncomfortable. They can test right. it out that way. So it's been a nice little bridge. So we're starting to see that. We're hoping that, you know, translates into a few more bodies in person as we start to open up now, um, to more spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Now, do you see? Um, I mean, I guess like the cool thing about this, it's been what twenty months now. Mm -hmm. So I mean, as long <laughs> as long as you're like you're giving the the appropriate direction, you know, uh -huh. your, your staff is bought in. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's really no need for you to be there in person, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what, you know, what I agree with my, my director, my director is very progressive in that way. Like she's just very open-minded to all these new ideas. And she sure. was really the one, you know, the minute, you know, it started looking like we were going to lock down, right. In 2020. Um, of course I was like losing my mind. I had never, run something online none of us had right all of us were like we've thought about it like science fiction right and oh right, in the future right. one day we'll stream something's online who's going to watch that who's going to do that right and <laughs> and she came to me and said the governor's shutting it down we have to go online figure it out you know 
I give you three days to figure it out. And I said, can I have five? <laughs> she said, sold. Yeah. So, you know, I did the research. Uh, I worked with my team. My, I, got my, I created a protocol, trained up my staff. Then we trained our 40 teachers. You know, we had to get them trained. Yeah. All the while, this was new to all of us, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of learning environment, it really, and it's just been continually like that. So for all of this time, oh, now we're going to learn how to teach hybrid. Oh, now we're going to learn how to do this. And um, I think that that's really at the basis of how Stella Moving Center has always been run by Renee, is that she wants, she, she uses the term claim your magnificence. And, and in that sense, she's saying, you know, whatever it is that, um, you could be an expert at, or you could be, you could be, you can claim your, your, you know, what you're, your, what you feel you'd be magnificent in, go for it, right? And let's, I'm going to support and watch you do it and see, like, how great this becomes. Yes. And so, yes. you know, our staff members started developing little skills of their own, and, you know, I have one in particular, Janine, who's, like, suddenly taken to all of the tech and really, really enjoys that part of it, which I personally know of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So right. she's there with the sound system and the video and, and really kind of figuring it out. So she's my eyes and ears there in person. And it's allowed me, yeah, like you said, to continue to work from a distance because I've got legs on the ground. I've got eyes and ears watching and, and reporting back. And so, you know, and that's just one part. Of course, all of the staff have different roles. And, um, you know, when you've got a team like that, um, it does allow me to have this, you know, this kind of particular um, situation, yeah. you know, when yeah. people ask me what I do, well, I run a wellness center in, in Hawaii. What? How do you do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, kn I knew as soon as I saw that, I needed to, I needed to hit on that, you know, and get, yeah. and see, you know, see what, see what the process was and everything. And, and I love that. Yeah. So um, now as far as our podcast, we are getting towards uh, the end of it. Mm -hmm. So um, now this is going to be kind of a loaded question. Um <laughs> And we've kind of touched on it, but I don't know, you know, if you have certain numbers in mind that you're looking to hit, mm -hmm. but let's say over the next, let's say over the next six months to a year, mm -hmm. like what does growth look like for you guys? Oh, <laughs> because our, because our, you know, our restrictions kept, you know, opening up and closing and opening up and closing, yeah. up, you know, let's see how Christmas goes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If all of these restrictions start contracting again, I think, you know, like I said, we've really, really been pushing um to improve our seo like we we and i keep saying that but you know it's really like how many more people can we drive to our website and into our classes right that 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 conversion and so you know whether they become members whether they become just you know you know casual students whatever it is we just want to open that up and and make sure people know that we're there right yeah yeah um and so you know if we could get 100 more members in the next you know, uh, six months, that would be great. Something like that. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. a number I'm throwing up, but I mean like, you know, full-time monthly members, like on top sure. of casual students, on top of whatever, um, people that commit to like paying a monthly, I'd say, you know, give me a hundred more and that would be great. Um, and then a hundred more and then a hundred more, you know, like it's, it, it's really hard to put, um, numbers on, on those kind of things when, when, you know, traditionally we've had people coming on vacation and, and want to take hula classes or, you know, yeah. people wanting to come do a yoga retreat. And, you know, these aren't massive numbers. I know that there are a lot of studios that are like, we need a thousand a week and we need right, you know, whatever right. it is. But our memberships are a little bit more on the pricier end. It really is boutique fitness. 
Um, and so people that do commit to like a monthly membership, that's a, that's a decent commitment, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so we usually have a lot more students on class packs and, you know, drop-ins. Mm -hmm. um, but we love having those really committed to want to come like five, six, seven, ten times a week, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Well, awesome. Well, Neela, thank you so much yeah. for being on the podcast today. Um, I had a good time and, and hopefully it was a good time for you and you got some value out of this and, you know, it was yeah, pretty cool to uh, talk shop with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and please, you know, visit Hawaii, but also just get a little taste of Hawaii through Dillon um, Moving Center. Absolutely. And uh, for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you, you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.